we have come a long way. There is some great evidence-based practice. I think of all of the sectors in healthcare, the whole spectrum of peer support, user engagement, work across housing, local authorities, partnerships into primary care and so on and so forth, are amazing. Trouble is, they're not good enough, and we've probably got just as far to go again in the next, um, I wouldn't say 30 years, I think we need to truncate that and say the next five. We need another revolution. So we've all got mental health. There's not a single person in this room that doesn't have mental health. Uh, and at least one in four of us will at some point in our lives expect to experience a mental health problem stroke crisis. We provide liaison services into four major inner London A&E a&E's. In the four A&E's, just I looked at the figure of referrals from those acute trusts in some our liaison services for the month of November, we had 1,200 referrals. That's a lot of people who have needed mental health intervention at a point of crisis in our acute hospitals. 25% of acute admissions will have comorbid mental health problems. 80% of bed days will be occupied in acute hospitals by people with physical and mental health comorbidities and complexities. One of the top five reasons for uh, medical emergencies in acute hospitals is deliberate self-harm. In one borough alone, and we provide CAM services in uh, many London boroughs and in Milton Keynes, in one borough alone, we're getting 40 referrals a week CAMS referrals a week. If you ask parents, 92% of parents will say their top concern about their children is their mental health. We're closing beds, yet acute admissions have gone up. Length of stay is getting shorter. In London, in 2014, we had 4,335 Section 136s. This is the police arresting people under a Section 136 in the midst of some kind of an emergency. A figure I'm really proud of, really proud of, having worked with police colleagues and uh, chief exec colleagues across London over the last two years, is that only 20 of those 4,335 individuals in crisis requiring care, only 20 of them ended up in police cells in London. I think that's a staggering success story. And that is because frontline healthcare workers and police have devised new ways of working in this most complex and challenging of cities, only 20. We want to declare it a never event. We think it's something that should never happen. So let's see what the following year brings. I could go on and on about why mental health is important. And I've chosen crises and what goes on in acute hospitals, really, because it's what most people understand about mental health but of course many people with mental health problems never quite reach the state of crisis it's the tip of an iceberg so this is why it's important why do I get really irritated I feel like I've had 30 years of being I, I am the Victoria Meldrew I think of the NHS I spend so much of my time cross and grumpy I and I'm going to give you a list of things that just make me cross and grumpy about mental health and um, my first story started when I was on my very first ward as a trainee student nurse at Free and Hospital and talking to a junior doctor 
who said, God, you've got, he was asking me about where I come, I, I didn't go into it till I was 23. What was my background and where, where had I been educated? Blah, blah. And he went, you've got A-levels, good A-levels. Why are you doing mental health? And then subsequently, as a ward sister, when I did a part-time degree over four years and got a first-class honours degree, I was seen congratulated by the then very senior manager in the hospital for this achievement. And he went, you now can get a job in acute care. You do realise that, don't you? You've got first-class honours, you know, you can get a proper job. These things make me so angry. That presumption that if you were any good at what you did, you'd always choose to work in physical health care, for example. So that makes me grumpy. Stigma, the, the stigma that still surrounds mental illness is, is a shock. And I looked up stigma last night in the dictionary. Never done it before. And it's a mark of disgrace or infamy a stain or a reproach and that is what so many people live with uh, who are living with mental health problems it's a shocker the fracturing commissioning which we created only a few short years ago is a disgrace we all said if you do this if you separate out specialized commissioning from ccg commissioning local commissioning what will happen for example cams tier four is that we'll end up not investing downstream in prevention and intensive community support at points of crisis in young people's lives because the CCG will say, well, we've been top sliced, the money's gone to NHS England. Um, and you'll, you'll, you'll have this separation. We fund beds, you fund prevention. At least a 2% disinvestment in mental health nationally. Um, in all other recessions, I'm told, mental health has been hit first and hardest in terms of where the money goes in, goes in health. And here we are in 2014, and we've let it happen again. It's a disgrace, in my opinion. There has been, real terms, disinvestment in mental health, whilst spending acute and other areas has gone up, has risen. I sit in so many meetings where we talk about NHS performance or come to seminars and breakfasts where people talk about the NHS and they never once mention mental health. That makes me grumpy. I'm coming to the end of it, uh, to be honest. Quite a lot makes me really cross about mental health uh, and we still talk about it in such a limited way. I do want to, uh, though, end by talking a bit about where we are in the future. So um, I do want to commend, actually, Charles Walker and Kevin Jones, who in 2012 stood up in the House uh, and talked about having a mental illness. I thought that was amazing. I heard that on the radio. It did bring a tear to my eye. Um, what do I think should happen? Well, in, in terms of all of the furore yesterday, and should should we be preventing suicide? Should we be investing in early intervention uh, for younger people? Uh, should we be doing a whole host of other things? In, um, uh, I'd like to say of all of the political parties, and not only because we're in the run-up to a general election, they're all right. We should be doing... All of that. There needs to be a proper mental health strategy that runs all the way through from health and well-being, looking at things like housing and employment and recovery and prevention. Certainly a focus on IAPT and talking therapies in primary care. Currently, we've got, well, we think 15% coverage for people who need talking therapies. But we do need to invest in younger people. We do need to. I've talked about my 40 referrals a week in one borough. We do need to set these access times of been set for first episode psychosis. I think it was a disgrace that we didn't have access targets sooner for people in urgent crisis. I was saying earlier, if you'd substituted the word cancer for mental health, uh, nobody would have questioned whether or not we could afford a two-week waiting time from GP referral to specialists for people in mental health crisis or urgent. So that I really welcome that.
So I feel full, I feel full of hope about the future. We have a golden opportunity given the strength of mental health provision in this country now and with the knowledge of mistakes made elsewhere to weave mental health into all future whole systems uh, working and integration. I am very worried with the election looming that the answer to integration will be to put mental health all in big, you know, one big organisation with physical health care. Um, that's been tried before. It doesn't work. The answer is not big re structural reorganisation, in my opinion. It's about developing pathways of care that are truly integrated. Um, so I look forward, hopefully, I think there are some risks along the way. And thank you for letting me get a few things off my chest. Thank you. Thank you.